Let's spell a song so you can sing along with a special guest star too. For two, you like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song's Second Chance Theater, where we recover a topic but with a new guest. I'm your host, John, and with me today is a bestie of the pod who apparently I'm doing a string of this is their first time on Second Chance Theater. It's Shuri. It is yeah. Oh, this is my first time second chance. Yeah, this is your first second chance. Wow, what an honor. What an honor. I'm Truly. glad. I'm so glad I introduced this concept to people to be like, you know, because I feel like there's people like you, definitely D speeds, bunch of other people who are like, I want to talk about this, but you already talked about it. Yeah, and here's your chance. And and it's uh, I mean, I'm gonna apologize preemptively. Your first episode on this movie is maybe my favorite episode of your podcast. I've listened to it like. <laughs> Thank you. Multiple times. <laughs> um, but not in just preparation is, for this, just on, on your own. Not No, just on my own, because it, it is such a joy to listen to. Um, it's such a funny episode, and it's a movie that I really enjoy, while also being the most ridiculous thing that's ever existed. And- so, like, the topic is fun. Like, it's like when I don't have a new episode of a podcast and I want to listen to something fun, this is an episode that I'll queue up. I feel so honored. So, but also, you know, thinking about what I was what I was going to bring to the table, I was like, oh, they kind of covered all the big stuff, though. Well, there was one thing we didn't cover, and I'm excited to talk about it with you, but we're here to talk about Teen Witch. The 1989. Never gonna be the same. I'm trying to add soundtrack. Do we want to call this a cult classic? Absolutely. Cult classic? Yeah. Yeah, because it did very poorly in theaters, but it got picked up on cable, and that's when it became a hit. And also, we're going to probably debate as well, because I know uh, on the previous episode, which was 174 with guest Matt Koplick, he and I debated about whether or not this was a musical or not. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I. Which and you you brought up something which ties into the big topic I want to talk about. Which was. Well, you talk about how there's a lot of songs in it that are used like a traditional uh, pop soundtrack to a teen movie, but they were original songs written for the movie. Hmm. But that is actually like a pretty common thing, especially like 70s, 80s, 90s. These smaller studios would do that a lot because it was cheaper to hire a songwriter and a producer and musicians and just record their own original music than it was to license pop songs. Well, because I know in the first chance we talked about how Louise, which weird name for her. She does not. Yeah. No. I, I think mean, the friend a, should be named Louise. Yeah, it's an outdated name for somebody who would have been born around 1970, I guess. Yeah, like 1972 or something. Yeah, between 1972 She's, and 1974. Like, yeah, how old is she in the movie? 16? Yeah, they make a big deal about it being her 16th birthday. So yeah, I guess 1973. 
I feel like her and Polly, her friend Hats, uh, need to switch names. Yeah, she comes off way more like a Polly. Also, Louise just isn't a great name for a witch. No, but I think Polly would like, work better. Polly would work better. I do think that the best, and it might be because, like you, like most people our age, I grew up on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but, you know, a witch should have a name that ends with an A. Or like um, more ethereal. Yeah, ethereal. That's a good word for it. Something yeah. like nature related. Maybe, but like I feel like Polly would still tell you that this character is a nerd. Yeah. She's not the popular oh, very, girl. Right, and it's a very cutesy name and she is a cutesy character. Like even yeah. when she's like mousy and dorky, she's like so cute. And but, like people don't make fun of her. They're just like, oh, she's a baby. But I still stand by my theory that because Debbie Gibson was originally ca- like the original idea for mm-hmm. Louise, that mm-hmm. th- this was going to be like a full-blown musical movie. And oh, then, yeah, it's it's structured like a musical. And then Robin Lively, Lively is like, Robin, don't sing. <laughs> yeah. You're so pretty, girl. You're so pretty. You're so She's cute. so pretty and i she's so pretty they tried she, so hard they did um <laughs> listen it's it's a proud tradition in hollywood teen movies the dowdy girl is always super bottle gorgeous and yes. they do very little to make her under but like at least give her glasses you know or like mess up do a different hairstyle like a super like a like like a like braid like big pigtail braids or something not still cutesy yeah like like even with the heavy wool long trench coat i still was like i want it it's fashion fashion yeah well it is it is um and they don't play it up enough like she's hiding in her clothes like it can work that that's what she wears and it's not that they're bad or unflattering clothes it's that she's like don't look at at me i'm invisible you know right, you could go a little alley sheedy in the beginning of the breakfast club with it i mean they definitely tried on the way to the school dance when she's wearing all well, the that's a, i'm not gonna lie that's that's a hard outfit to pull off unless you are going to like some pub trivia party in bushwick in 2007 like that's the only <laughs> time that that's like trendy but like i mean I felt like that was just to show that she was hiding her like uh, her like cute outfit like the, yeah and that isn't that the outfit that her mom got her for her birthday the sweater so it's like, is yeah so it's like oh I'm dressing this way because that's how my mom wants me to dress but like where does she get these other clothes yes and or like why didn't when she does the spell to be the popular girl. Like, why, what What happened? Where did all those clothes come from? Why didn't the parents be like, where did these clothes come from? Right. But, like, uh, the outfit for the dance, she already had that. Do her parents just, like, like, does she have a job? Does so, she ha- make enough an allowance to get that? So, listening to the first chance, Matt and I joked about how, or at least Matt did, joked about how they didn't really edit anything out of this movie. But well. I now have a counter offer. <laughs> Okay. They edited like 30 to 40 seconds out of every scene because there's mm-hmm. some there's a lot of things that you're like 
I get yeah. how you can go from point A to point B, but I'm missing some yeah, they're, they're segments like of this line. <laughs> yeah, they're traveling from bullet point to bullet point without fleshing a lot of stuff out. There are like quite a few scenes where you're like, did I, did I miss something? Do like, I need to back up a little bit? Like, what are the rules? Like, they, they give you the one, the one rule at the beginning where a Zelda Rubenstein is like, oh, your powers are not strong enough, so water's going to... Weaken them. Weaken them. But like, okay, great. What else? What? What else? I mean, is her spell strong enough on the teacher that the that's still happening? The one that went to on vacation, where we yes. didn't see her cast the spell. Right. It just happened off screen, and then we're like, "Oh, great! Marsha Wallace gets to go traveling with this Argentinian Duke or whatever. That that's great." Um. Is that still happening at the end? Like, when she throws away the amulet, is she throwing away all of the spells? Is she not throwing away any of the spells? What's going on with that? Is she actually throwing away her power? Because, like, you would think the power is in you because Zelda Rubenstein doesn't have an amulet, right? Right, yeah. I think it's, like, I, I, I think the amulet is supposed to be, like, a way to focus the power. Like, not to invoke this series but uh in harry potter the official lore is that all wizards and witches have the power within them they just use the wands as a conduit but you could theoretically perform magic without the wand if like you're really strong with it so is it something like that or or there's a moment in teen witch where is it right before zelda conjures a man for herself no. Out of a frog? No, it's not that. It's before okay. the she does the popular spell where um, Zelda gives her the bag and she's like, this is the rest of my magic. And you're like, well, wait a second. <laughs> is there a limit? Yeah, that's another thing. There is no, like, they never, like, mention that there's any sort of drawback to using magic. And in most stories, you add stakes by being like, okay, well... You know, it can using too much magic can like you know have some sort of like psychic hold on you, or you know it can physically drain you if you use too much in a short amount of time. Like, there's usually like a limitation to it, mm-hmm. so that the characters have to be smarter about when and how to use magic. And like to bring up Sabrina, at least every episode, it was Sabrina fucked up, and now she has to fix it and learn that magic right. is not always the answer. Right that it's a sh- you can't take shortcuts um yes or you know is there is there any sort of existential threat if she does get exposed as a witch to the general public again in sabrina witches are historically persecuted there are witch hunters in that series is there anything like that here do do like is there like a devil that they are technically in servitude towards or something like she, she could have easily told blossom that hi i'm a witch exactly which yeah, by the way um, i'm also a little peeved at blossom <laughs> oh she's a horrible friend but like i also understand in a way i i get what they're going for with her and how they wanted her to be a likable character and everything but again they are skipping over certain details that we need to see Right, We're but like, like, but like the one thing that I can understand is like when Louise becomes popular and drops Blossom entirely, or it feels like she drops Blossom, 
but like we don't see them interact and like that is one thing i can understand when she when polly says it at the end and she's like listen we're not friends anymore like you did you stopped talking yeah granted i don't know how much time has passed but (laughs) right they also like again they just sort of like don't show them together they don't actively show louise like dropping polly at any point if anything it's just that all the popular kids are pushing polly out of the way right yeah so it's like there's no reason for her to be mad at louise really except that more so something upset happened. in my i think i see her being the upset yeah and like maybe a little jealous and everything but like there's no real we'll go into it the comparison here is team wolf where scott becomes popular because he's a werewolf and becomes an absolute jerk over it he's like actually a legitimately pretty jerky person to be around at that point so i should have watched teen wolf i was thinking of watching teen wolf and then i was just like fuck it we'll figure it out nobody needs to watch teen wolf i'm just gonna put that out there um it's not a great movie but it is exactly the same plot with Uh a few key differences but it is exactly the same plot well so like teen wolf though if memory serves, it's like a full story that's not segmented and like you kind of follow the rules of being yeah, there's, a werewolf. Yeah, there's a traditional narrative there. And like, it's not the werewolf that we're most used to where they transform under the full moon and everything. They transform when they're like, you know, physically like agitated or something. So he transforms when he's playing sports or when he gets horny or something. Right, but at least there um, there are rules right. that we, the audience, can follow. Right. Um, the only thing that really doesn't make a ton of sense in that movie, it's not really explained why being a wolf makes him popular, but it does. Because he's cool. I guess so. Isn't, isn't he's very hairy with like shades and the basketball uniform like running around school or something or uh, playing a there, game there are many many scenes of him playing basketball wolfed out there's also the famous scene of him surfing on his friend styles's van while wolfed out yes yeah. um so okay yeah it's cool and it gives him cool abilities but it's like the cool girl in school is like hey he looks like a dog that's so sexy like what no that wouldn't happen would that happen it is known that teen witch is the ripoff the uh, yes yes i okay so i don't know about you but for a very long time i was under the impression that teen witch was like officially a spinoff of teen wolf and like some like like fan wikis and stuff for like the Teen Wolf franchise will list Teen Witch as one of the entries as like a, a spinoff. It turns out they are not actually related at all. It's just that is it the same studio it's, that did it? Or same producers? No, it's not no. Different producers, different studio. Like they straight up were just like, oh. We've got this treatment for a raunchy sex comedy about a teenager who finds out she's a witch and Teen Wolf is really popular. So let's like combine those two ideas. So it's straight up a ripoff, not a spinoff, which I was blown away by because I could have sworn that they were like officially linked. But there's so many, so many things that like I thought connected them because Teen Wolf 
similarly to Teen Witch, has like its own original pop soundtrack with the obvious exception of Surfing USA by the Beach Boys. That was not an original song, but everything else. And it's like similar to Teen Witch where the songs are all perfectly like explaining what's happening on screen. Like there's a song about like being a wolf and like we're at a school dance. We're going to dance like a wolf. And then there's like the song that's playing during the big basketball game that's like we're gonna win in the end yeah but like the what teen witch did and i don't think teen wolf did this but you could probably correct me is that teen witch added those that one guy that's the rapper that polly thinks is hot and so they like the guy with the receding hairline oh the 45 year old yes where Mm -hmm. it's clear that like he's singing the songs that are not diegetic (laughs) or or his rap is diegetic and popular girl but the rest of it isn't yeah yeah popular girl is the one that really blows my mind like as far as is this happening in universe or is it just for the audience benefit i don't know well because because it starts as a joke because she yeah. opens the door, the music, she opens her front door, the music starts and she closes it and the music stops. And you're like, what's happening? What's going on? And then the <gasps> song happens and you're like, but <laughs> at least with like, I like boys. Let's use that. Uh-oh, as- at least with that one, you see them pull out the boom box, press play. And right, then- and- do and then the choreographer did lines of coke and was like you three on top of the lockers you're gonna fucking dance yeah that that oh man i could go on all day my favorite about i like boys my favorite so okay this is my second time watching the full movie i've seen clips of these songs before right um and i can only i mentioned it last time uh, I could only find the um, album of like the unauthorized stage version that <laughs> happened because I can't. Yeah, we need to get like wax work or something like on getting an official vinyl for this movie. You know what? I'll talk to another another guest to see if maybe he can work on it. Okay, he, great. He may need a new project, but uh, <laughs> but. So, like, I've seen I Like Boys a bunch of times because, again, it blows my mind every time. But what's funny is that at the end, they're all doing, like, a 5, 6, 7, 8 number, except for Randa. Randa's in the corner just, like, shimmying or something. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's so, it's so, I love, I love that whole number because it doesn't make sense in a way that, like, I mean, none of the musical numbers in this movie, in so far as we can call them musical numbers, none of them make sense. But this one makes the least amount of sense. And it also, like, actively works against what it should be doing for the story. Like, it should be making all of these popular girls look shallow and self-serious and snobby. Like, that's what you want to, at this point in the story, you want to be like, these girls will never accept Louise because their standards are like way too high and they're like, you know, they're too perfect and too snobby. But instead it's just a bunch of girls like goofing off 
and like clowning around and having yeah. fun. And the the thing though is that something must have happened with editing the script or maybe editing the movie because the popular girls, Randa and her friends, I don't really I don't hate know. Them. Yeah. I don't like well, them, but I don't hate them because as a, I know the trope, they are the popular girl and Louise is not the mm-hmm. popular girl. So the popular girls are obviously going to be stuck up. There is that, the rapey cousin. Well, yeah. Which I believe, I'm still firmly believing Randa was just joking about her cousin being a nerd. She didn't know yeah. the cousin. Well, I don't even know that she was necessarily like setting her up with a nerd to be mean. I think she was like, hey, this girl is smart. My cousin's smart. Maybe they'll hit it off. Like that's see, a total that's a total possibility. See, and I was Probably reading it. Not, but... I was reading it as like the villainous thing where it's like, he's a nerd, you're a nerd, nerds. Like, <laughs> like that. That would make yeah. sense to me. And that's why I'm like, okay, we don't like you for that. But like even then, she's not that bad. Like she's really not. Worse. And actually, I- I'll say this right now too. This is what like turns me against Polly immediately in this movie because Polly slut shames her like the minute we see her. And I do not like it. Oh. Because she when we first see her, it's because Brad's picking her up in his car. They're going to school. And she's wearing like a normal outfit. She's wearing a high-necked three-quarter length sleeve shirt. Granted, it's like figure fitting. And the skirt is still... like what, mid-thigh almost to the yeah. knee. Yeah. It's not yeah. a mini. No. And she's wearing like boots, like like ankle boots, not like hooker boots or anything. She's cute. Louise wears something similar to that later. Yeah. It's like a totally cute outfit. It's maybe a little figure fitting, but whatever. But even if she were just straight up wearing like lingerie to school, Polly goes, <laughs> Did you see what she was wearing? It was pretty sleazy. And I'm like, fuck off, Polly. Fuck yourself with your hat. <laughs> All the hats. Although you know, I do have a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. I, I do have to say though, and I've listened. So you listened to my episode on this. I've listened to the, how did yes. this get made episode on this a lot. And yes. they talk oh, about. I've listened. Oh no, go ahead. When they, and when they talk about top that and when uh, Polly takes the hat off and starts the rap, I'm always just like, get it yeah <laughs> go get your receding hairline man he's going to pick his kid up from peewee football practice <laughs> you go clearly 20 24 year old as well like come on she's she's in her you know what 20s. she she gets a pass because she's short and most audiences will see oh short teenager because like- you know but like By 16, you have not hit your full height yet. I have to say, though, the styling does work for her character that they tried to do with uh, Robin Lively. Yeah. Well, I also think, and maybe it's because she looks a little more mature and a little more self-possessed, but, like, she also pulls it off a little better, I think. Polly. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like... She yeah, is. She's wearing we all know this. Per- we all know. We all know this person. We know. We've. We've. We. Uh, if we haven't, if we don't know them in high school. We were them in high school. So we know. We know who this. Person I is. was not a Polly. Thank you very much. Oh, well, I was uh, talking about myself, but okay. 
You weren't slut shaming people, were you? I wasn't slut shaming, but I mean like style wise. We know uh, well, yeah. We we all know that person that's like kind of follows the trends, but not really, but also like comfortable with themselves and they're right. They a little hipster, but not trying too hard. Right. They're not they're not uber hipster. <laughs> right. Right. You weren't like using the mustache wax and doing a little like barbell nope. with your okay, nope. Great. I actually only had the uh chin facial hair in high school. I had oh, the mid two thousands. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> plus, plus I didn't grow the beard. Like I I, I don't think I got lazy after graduating college. I kept it until college. And oh. that's when I grew the beard out and everything. Me too. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> uh, you, grew, you grew your luscious beard out, right? <laughs> yeah, that I'm stroking right now. <laughs> I love that you even stroked it. <laughs> okay. Keeping this in. Keeping this in. <laughs> John is gonna keep this in. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I love that you mentioned that how did this get made? Did this movie? I feel like everybody's done this movie, which is I've true. done it now twice. <laughs> right, yeah. But I'm like, even I'm like, oh yeah, we hate movies did this. Uh Lindsay Ellis did this like way back in the day. Um, I think like Allison Pregler's done it. Like I can name like a whole bunch of like YouTubers who've done this movie, like to hell and back. But there, there just still always seems to be something to say. I feel like, please don't hate me when I say this. I would like to see an actual remake of this movie, but a musical, like an actual okay. musical. See, I, I would love that. Or I would love to circle back around to Teen Wolf. And I'm being genuine here. It would be bad, but in a really good trash way that I would love. I would love for them to do a self-serious TV series. Uh, similar to the MTV Teen Wolf series. Oh. I think it would be wonderful. And I think all the ingredients are there. I think it would be a big hit. I think you could do it on a low budget. Well, relatively low. But like you also need to define everything. Well, yes, that's why you turn it into a TV uh, convoluted TV series. You know, you've got Teen Wolf, which makes no goddamn sense, but people loved it for six seasons in a movie. Uh, you've got <laughs> two Vampire movies Diaries. isn't isn't there like isn't there teen wolf 2 from like the oh, no i'm talking about like the mtv series spun off into a movie itself they have a movie of that yes they do clearly yes, i paid yes, attention they do. to it uh i mean it went straight to streaming it didn't go to theaters but like <laughs> you know it was it was a big deal they they brought allison back to life john how do you not know that because I clearly did not watch this show. <laughs> uh, I, I I did. Um, I'm so proud of you. I also I also watched all eight seasons of Vampire Diaries. I watched the first three of five seasons of the Vampire Diaries spinoff, the originals. I did not watch the other Vampire Diaries spinoff, the Legacies, but I probably will. <laughs> I mean, like there is a market for this type of TV show because all of these shows. And they're ridiculous, but they're fun. They're self-serious, but they still they still find ways to be like kind of ingenious and creative with it. And there is a big market for that. And this one and has like and this property has a built-in comedic role. Yeah. 
which is which to me it's zelda rubenstein's character oh absolutely like like we could talk about the the brother oh i do want to talk about you that went actor. to a dance <laughs> you're a dog louise a dog dog. which that too Uh, that was another thing that i was just like can she hear him it feels like she can hear him when he's a dog and talking yeah is are they talking telepathically or is he a talking dog (laughs) i have no idea (laughs) like is it just her because she's the one who turned him into a dog? Can she not hear him at all? She just happened to be speaking with him. Also, Shady, I'm so glad that you set out all the chairs in your room. Um, all, all, all 27 chairs. My dining room sets. <laughs> oh my God. What, how did they, why? So I don't know about you. I shared a room until I was a senior in high school with my little sister. We did not have enough room for any chairs in our room. We did not keep chairs. How? I had why? One chair in my room, but it I guess was. I you have a desk or a vanity or something. But like, I never really, I never also really used my chair. Yeah, I had one chair in my bed. room, and it was like a. It wasn't like a dining room chair. It was like a a chair chair, you know, with like arm armrests and everything. Like a like a relaxing chair. Yeah. To like watch TV in. Oh well, yeah, or like play video games or something. I think that was the idea. I never really used it, but okay. um, you probably toss laundry onto it. Oh yeah, definitely. So it was a laundry chair. <laughs> it was a laundry chair, also like a backpack chair. Right. <laughs> but like, Brad walks in, assumes that she has chairs. And I'm like, right. how do you know this? The, at least it made sense when her brother and her grandfather said it. I mean, father, excuse me, father. <laughs> but like, let's be real. He could be her grandfather. He probably was her grandfather. <laughs> because that married the mom? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Something it's, happened. He's the second Darren, right? It's uh, Yes. Dick York was Sergeant. the first one. Right. Now there's a series with some good witch names. Eudora, come on, that's a witch name if I ever heard one. Hell, even Elizabeth Montgomery's actual like actual name is, is like a good witch name. Oh yeah. Oh, she could have been tried in Salem. <laughs> Elizabeth Montgomery. Elizabeth Montgomery. Um, but did you feel though that there was something that we left out in the first chance that you wanted to like, um, talk about? Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about Joshua John Miller, the actor who played the little brother. Okay. Because he was not super prominent, but like as a child actor, he was in a lot of movies that I like. And by a lot, I mean like three movies that I like, this being one of them. Uh Uh-huh. But he was also in Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Um... (laughs) Okay. A great movie. High recommendation for that movie if you really want something. I still haven't seen it. I need to watch it. John, it is pure bonkers. I, it I is heard so all about bonkers. it. <laughs> um, he was also in a great movie, like legit great movie that I legitimately love, Near Dark, um, which is a vampire movie uh, directed by Catherine Bigelow. Oh. And in that, yeah. Bill Paxton's in it. Um, 
Adrian Pazdar, Lance Henriksen. Um, no, wait. Her name? This, he, did, he did a supernatural movie, a witch movie, and a vampire movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he in Teen Wolf With, as well? He, may as well. Oh, uh, my God. He should have been. <laughs> um. But and he's really good in Near Dark because he's playing a vampire trapped in a child's body. So like, oh, because you know the thing that's uh, interesting about him is his voice does not match his looks at all. He You're sounds, a dog. <laughs> he sounds like he's uh, been chain smoking for a couple of years. You know, he doesn't sound <laughs> like a child. Um, and he's, that he's from a really, 40s movie let's be real exactly that's like james cagney right there <laughs> like that that genre of gangster film um but he's really good in this vampire movie it fits so well and i also wanted to mention that he has gone on to be actually a pretty successful screenwriter he has since gone on to be a pretty good screenwriter or a pretty successful screenwriter he wrote did you ever see the movie the final girls yes they get sucked that was him he co-wrote that with his his partner um whose name i should look up right now because there we go ma fortin is his life partner but also screenwriting partner mark alexander fortin and they i believe have recently co-directed a movie their like directorial debut it hasn't come out yet uh but it's called the georgetown project it's described as a horror thriller film there's not i can't find too much about this movie yet but i know it was shot in north carolina in 2019 and its release has been pushed back a couple of times because of covid etc mm. but you know it sounds good it, or it sounds like something i would want to see anyway so i'm really hoping you know, it comes out soon. The other thing we didn't talk about in the first chance that I kind of want to bring up is I agree with Louise where she doesn't want to put Brad under a spell. Because yeah. then good for her. Then you're like, well, is this real? Is it the spell? It's kind of like magic roofies. So good on her for not using magic roofies. Yes yeah very tricky area but also like just for her own sense of self-worth it's it's a good thing because like even madam serena is like get it girl you know do some magic to get the d well you know madam serena is you know sitting there turning frogs and the princes or whatever she's like she doesn't give a shit about magic ethics um when that guy he says ribbit Mm-hmm. If you look at his mouth, he is saying ribbit. He sure is. And yeah. it is like the sound effect of a real frog, but the <laughs> actor is mouthing ribbit. Amazing. Amazing. That's so funny. Like, what a masterpiece. This movie is just so good. It's it just really also there... so bonkers. Yeah, there are so many little throwaway lines that I'm really like, why would they put that in? there that's amazing like she puts the spell on the popular girls that they're not gonna lie to each other anymore so they're all like kiki you're a shitty singer also kiki is the one with the dark hair who like does who like initiates i like boys and it's so funny watching her 
in that performance versus everyone else because she's so much better than them. She is the the dancer like, that they hired to. Yeah, she's like. That she's they then like, were like, you know what? It. We're gonna give you a couple lines. Yeah, I was she's like, the Heather oh, Morris. Oh, she is the Heather Morris of it. <gasps> oh my god, yes! Like yes. she should be in Cats on Broadway. She's so good. Um, it was like she she's getting those jazz spins and everything you know i love it um love her she should have been a huge star uh i hope she had yes a great but career the, to go back to that, spe- that truth spell that you said well i don't know like gets, i was gonna say one of them gets pushed and then gets the spell is over yeah but like before that the things they're saying to each other are so fucking funny i'm sorry they're like kiki you're not a good singer oh yeah well, I don't even like you, so I'm not going to pick you up for school anymore. That's okay. I don't like going to your house because your mom's an alcoholic. What? They're just like, Kiki, your mom's an alcoholic. Everybody feels bad for you. And I'm like, what were they saying when they were not forced to tell the truth? Were they just like, no, Kiki, your mom's so sober. <laughs> okay, oh, your, your mom has, your mom is chugging that bottle of rosé right now. <laughs> like what and and then it goes from that to like yeah well randa i can see your roots like okay oh okay wow great comeback she called your mom an alcoholic and you're like uh touch up your roots bitch (laughs) that scene is insane to me it's so funny i love it another one that i think is funny is like when they're like looking through the spell book to like look for a popularity spell for louise and she's like listing off i guess spells that like could make you like certain women throughout history so she's like cleopatra marie antoinette marilyn monroe annette funicello (laughs) i don't know why that's so funny to me (laughs) well i was like are those other witches that have used this one spell oh maybe maybe that's what it is that's where my like i just it's just so funny to me that it's like Marilyn Monroe, Annette Funicello. Like, yes, Annette was very popular and she was very pretty. Cleopatra. Like, very... <laughs> right. But like, it's just so funny to me that it's like all these like famous sex symbols and then a mouseketeer. We've been all over the place on this episode. Much like I this mean, movie. The teen wolf of it all. You know, that's really what I needed to get out. <laughs> just, just the teen wolf of it all. Just the aimlessness of it all, like compared to teen wolf, which again, not a good movie. I would actually recommend this over Teen Wolf. But Teen Wolf has structure. It has stakes. It you has, would... you know, the things that like typically make a movie compelling to watch. Oh, this was another thing I wanted to bring up because it's just trivia that matters to no one but me. Okay. So I, I do know that this movie must have had a few fans who were in the writer's room for 30 Rock. There are several Teen Witch references sprinkled throughout 30 Rock. Um, but the two most notable are that Robin Lively actually does have a small part in one episode. She is in the episode where Liz Lemon goes back to her, to her hometown for her high school reunion. And Robin Lively is the grown-up version of the girl who was like the popular girl who Liz has false memories of being her bully. But it turned out Liz was actually the one who bullied her. Great episode. Love it. Um, but so Robin Lively shows up in it as like, you know, the grown up popular girl who's like, Liz, you were so mean to me. I only ever wanted to be your friend. It's great. I love her. And then the other big one that I wanted to mention is there is 
another episode, I think the same season, I want to say these are both season three episodes, but there's like an offhand mention, like there's like a marquee or something, like some sort of sign that has like some reference to Teen Witch on it in the background. But then at the end of that episode, Kenneth the page performs top that and it's great. And I remember watching that show the first time through when that season aired, I don't think I'd seen Teen Witch yet. So all of that went over my head. By the way, I'm glad. Uh, so it's you. You're on. Her sex dream was sexier than in Slumber Party Massacre 2. I'm throwing it out there. Okay. Yeah. It was a little yeah. sexier. And I mean, it was sexier than whatever happened in that movie. <laughs> well, yeah. And I do. want to commend the production team it never feels too sleazy like I think Robin Lively was like 15 or 16 when they shot it yeah and the actor who played Brad Dan Gauthier Gauthier sure let's go with it sure um he was like 22 and that's like distressingly common in movies like this where they will cast somebody who's underage and then their romantic interest is somebody in their early 20s and it's like oh but um, I know that they apparently became very close friends on the set and they are still friends to this day. So I like to think that they fostered a really good environment on set where everybody felt safe and comfortable with each other. So I don't know when it actually filmed, but she was like 16, 17 years old. Yeah, she was 17 years old when the movie came out in theaters. Okay. Um, a movie this low budget, we can assume that they shopped it around for a while before they released it. So we can tack on a couple extra months for um, post-production. And... <laughs> so she was probably like 16 when they filmed it. And her co-star was 25 when they uh... He is nine years older than her. <laughs> uh... But I... Uh, awkward. Um, but I do want to say that I read wow. an interview with the two of them. Wait, so Joshua John Miller is two years younger than Robin Lively. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Hats doesn't have an age listed on her IMDb. Hats. Randa is six years older than her. So yeah, she truly was the only one, only real teenager. Um, But is there anything else you want to talk about before we get to Sharp and Flat? Well, I was just going to say real quick that um, I did read a somewhat recent interview with Robin Lively and Dan Gauthier, Gauthier, whatever his name is. Um, And they are friends still to this day. They keep in touch and everything. It's really sweet. That's nice. He actually ended up marrying the actress who plays Randa and they're still married to this day. Oh, that's nice. And of course, her little sister is Blake Lively in real life who is, you know, famously married. And apparently, um, apparently Robin's younger siblings are all obsessed with Teen Witch. They love it. They love that she was in it, which I think is really cute. But apparently she performed Finest Hour at Blake's wedding, like as uh, like, part of her gift to her, which uh, is so cute. That's nice. And like Dan helped her out with it. That's so cute. I just wanted to share that because I thought it was a cute story. All right, let's get in sharp and flat, shall we? Let's do it. Sharp 
flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, I thought it could change. It's flat. And because it is second chance, we're going to see if John agrees with this form of sharps and flats. Shady. Yes. The time is yours. Oh. What do you want to start with? Oh, I want to start with um, Zelda Rubenstein is my one big sharp. Um, Cause she, I think is so fun in this movie. And I think it is a part where like, if you don't play it the right way, she comes off as like really predatory sort of, because she is like the first thing we see is her trying to scam Louise out of some money. And she's like trying to like siphon magic off of her and stuff. Right, But she plays it in such a light, airy way that it instead comes off as, like, irreverent and, like, quirky. And, like, I think that's a really tough balance to hit. And I think she does a great job doing that. I still can't make sense of that one scene where they switch laps, sitting in each other's laps. I think they were just having a goof on set. That's what I choose to believe. (laughs) They were like, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? Oh, Oh, no, let's switch. Let's switch. <laughs> um, but so that's my first big sharp. Okay. My next sharp is I like boys because it makes no sense. It's bonkers. <laughs> like I said before, it works against what narratively they should be establishing in that scene. They are making the popular girls seem fun and goofy instead of snobbish and vapid. I mean, like, yeah. And it is like, I like boys. But it like seems like they're making fun of their own shallowness almost. It doesn't seem like they're legitimately shallow. It makes them seem more fun than Louise and Hats. And it shouldn't be doing that. Um, but despite that, it's a fun song. I love that they're doing like little little tricks with the towels. What a fun group of gals. I love them. I love the cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> when it's the three on the top of the lockers i always just lose my mind wait i love the thing they do with the one girl with this shirt because it's not even like a good like optical illusion or anything it's just a weird thing that they're doing <laughs> i they're, still like, don't i like, still don't know they get me i don't know how they do the three girls but like there are only two sets of legs because they're like there's there's like five girls and they're like sitting on top of the other two girls or something. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. That one's actually pretty good though. That's a really good one that I'm that I don't yeah. understand how they did it. Yeah. But the rest of them are uh, just like, y'all are just goofballs. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, should I limit it to just three sharps? Should I do, do that? Because I could sharp a lot of stuff in this movie. But, but you limit your yeah, limit yourself. Cause I mean, I feel like if you uh, if you really wanted to, you could just sharp this whole movie. I could. I don't want to do that because I feel like I've done that several times on this show before, <laughs> on this podcast, on this show, and I feel Ooh, like show. Um, and I don't, I don't want to cheat again. Okay, so what's there, your... there are things that I do think they could legitimately do to improve this movie. Um, oh, how about this? I will sharp the potential for future spinoffs, remakes, etc. I think there are a lot of directions you could take something like this. I think there's a lot of potential in this story. And I, you know, have a theory that the Sabrina the Teenage Witch TV show pulled a little bit from this movie as much as they pulled from the comics that it's actually based off of. There are a lot of things that has in common with this movie that it does not have in common with the original comics, which I think is interesting. Because like the Sabrina comics were originally very different um, from what they are now because of the TV show. 
uh, and the things uh-huh. that can change are things that actually make it more similar to Teen Witch. Interesting. You you can cut that, but that's just a little pet theory that I have that they pulled a little bit from Teen Witch as much as they pulled from the original Sabrina. Um, but I think that speaks to how much potential there is here because they made not one but two hit series out of that. Mm-hmm. And well, you know, there's so much you could do. What a world to explore of magic. <laughs> let's let's set some actual rules. Let's build up some stakes. Yes. But let's do it. Teens and witch powers. Who doesn't love that? There's a whole empire around that. Exactly. And music. Come on. This this proposed <laughs> TV series better have at least one song sung in universe every episode. Oh, that would be good. Well, it's got to have a rap group and... It does have to be like they have to be like the cool guys. I don't want it. I don't want any of this. Let's reset it because there's something special about this genre of music that I think helps this movie. Okay. I think, I do think though, you could also do it where it is set in modern day, but you could do flashbacks to the 80s or like. That's fine. There, I just want an episode where the spell is that they are trapped in an '80s movie, and it's very similar to this movie. I just want. Do you think that the '80s are overdone in pop culture these days? Fair. That's fair. I just feel like there's something special about the this type of pop because mm-hmm. it's not around today, and it bring it back. Bring it. We brought back Always... Wave. Let's Always let's bring back, back this. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Just bring it back and set it in the What mo- what are we calling this? Is this like sax pop? Because it's very sax heavy. We brought back like synth heavy pop, similar to what they had in the eighties, but this is not synth. This is like This is like bubblegum pop, I feel like. But there's a lot of sax. Okay, sax pop. We'll call it sax. Sax pop. <laughs> um, what were your flats then? Oh, uh the lack of structure. Just uh-huh. generally uh-huh. it's a problem it is like i love this movie and yet i do find it sometimes to be a chore if i'm watching the whole thing it's a lot easier to watch it in chunks and that is an amazing thing to say about a movie i love this much but yeah it does sometimes feel like a little bit like all right we got to sit through this scene where she's just making stuff happen at the carousel and then she doesn't set spells this way again for the rest of the movie like like there's just such a lack of narrative happening like it doesn't lead up to anything either it's not like like it ends at a dance but it's not like the movie is like leading up to the big dance you know? or, or like even she doesn't find the amulet the teacher does yeah yeah she's a very reactive protagonist she's not very proactive yeah so which is also a problem and that's a problem with the teen wolf tv series so you know um, but yeah, this really could use something like, oh, you know what? She's in a play. She's involved in a play. Do we ever actually see the play? No. No, but Why she's the he... understudy, but also the assistant costume designer. <laughs> but then also when Marsha Wallace leaves to travel the world with Duke, whoever, she's like, you're in charge of the play now, Louise. What? Yeah, where's Is the director? Who was like, the director? Software? That's what I want to know. Who? I thought Marsha Wallace was the director. 
I thought she was too. But then she she leaves, and then she's like, "It's up to you, Louise." And I'm like, "The play." Also, like the directing dire- the play well, is up to her, and also during the callbacks, which I feel like she did a fine job. Yeah, like she's the only one who doesn't get a part. Everybody else gets a part. But like, I'm just sitting here, and I'm like, "She's you." You said she's a passive or a reactive protagonist. Yeah. I feel like she's just she's just there. She learns nothing. I mean, the only thing that really she stays true with is that she doesn't want to put a spell on Brad to fall in love with her. Yeah, which again, commend her for that. Oh, that could be a mini sharp. That it really is a good message. But like um, also, but then but like, you know, she's adequate at everything. You know, she's a, she's super smart so she jumped a grade. Um right. she's a fine actor doesn't get a part but whatever that's probably a popularity thing she looks amazing in a potato sack basically like really the thing supermodel yeah the thing that's wrong is that they like like the 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 big thing that should be her character flaw even if you want to keep her as much of a blank slate as possible we want to project onto her similar to protagonists and a lot of these types of things you keep them a little bland because you want the audience to be like that's who i relate to that's me (laughs) but then you make her thing that because she skipped a grade and she's younger than everyone else and she feels a little bit like a baby she's very shy and you know what that means she has stage fright so she blows her audition because she's too scared yes wow there's a story and then she learns how to be more outward. And that's where she learns that the magic to becoming well-liked by your peers comes from within. It doesn't come from magic. You wow. Also, There's you, a story. Wow. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other sharps or flats? Naturals? Uh, my other my other flat is poly fucking slut shaming. I didn't like it. Okay. It puts I... a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> so... Oh. Also, another thing you can improve upon. This is also a flat. The teacher who is awful. Fucking Mr. Weaver. He was yeah. He was my flat last time. He's my flat again because he's a, such a fucking yeah. fucktard. But again, there's a way where you can make that work a little bit more. He's uh, like the bully it, that Randa should be. Yeah, exactly. But also, you can make him the bully, but you know what you do there? because he's the English teacher um, you make it so that Louise is like this like really naturally gifted writer and he's a failed writer and he's like jealous of her not a great story mind you I'm not saying this would be a good story but at least it would be a natural through line that he's the teacher who bullies the student because he's jealous of her that makes sense not great not great but at least there's something there there's a motivation for why he's so terrible because he's terrible. Like, how is this man not fired five times? In this when he movie? goes through her, when her purse falls and he goes through all of her things. And I'm just like, go fuck. Oh, my God. Well, even reading her poem out loud, he didn't just like he embarrassed her. But it was a poem that was explicitly about another student in the class. So you just also embarrassed an innocent student who didn't do anything wrong. Right, but he's a guy, so it doesn't matter. He's not embarrassed. It's the girl that gets embarrassed because sexism. Anyway, uh we <laughs> we're going to we're going down a path and I'm going to stop it right yeah. now. Oh, um so does John agree with his former sharks and flats? 
Yeah. 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 I want to add, though, I want to emphasize my flat, though, on Mr. Weaver, because go fuck yourself. Um, Oh, he's the worst. um, My new flat, though, is same as yours the structure you know there the lack of structure the lack of yeah rules the randomness that it's like sewn together like it, it's kind of bad that you kind of can't tell that much that all of the stuff with the wrappers were added later because everything is so random wait it what oh okay oh yeah top, i know top that was added afterwards wasn't I thought all of this stuff with the rappers. I might be wrong about that. Probably. But like, it's still like, okay, top that does like stick out like a sore thumb, but everything sticks out in this movie. Like nothing seen to seem really actually flows well. So you could tell me all of it was added later. And I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. And then I want to, I didn't sharp her, but I want to sharp Robin Lively. She did a fantastic job. She's really good. She, she's I think legitimately good in this movie um, and she's so cute yes would you add any of the songs to your life's playlist I like boys finest hour popular <laughs> uh, top that um, never gonna be have you have you I want to add this question for this for specifically this episode have you followed uh-huh. Matt's advice from the first chance and put on your sunglasses and blasted popular girl while walking down the street or driving in your car not with the intent to like follow his instruction but I have definitely listened to some of these songs in my car <laughs> I'm like blasting it it's, it's all like shitty YouTube rips so I'm like overclipped mp3 <laughs> I have done it with the cast album of the unauthorized stage musical version of this, which mm, I want. On? You can, it's on iTunes. Is I know it on that. Spotify? Probably, probably. I bought it on oh iTunes, God. everyone. And let me tell you, Matt Koplick, if you're actually listening to this episode, I have done what you said. And I feel like a powerful witch. Oh my god, wait. Oh, it's got high school blues. Great. That's the one they sing in the, the hallway, right? I don't remember. The high school. And then they're like, you sure you go to high school? And she's like, yeah, are you? Oh yeah, it is. You're right. Yes. They have all of them. All Amazing. Of the wait, um, when when can I... I need to see this musical. It doesn't exist. <sighs> anymore. I know. But Shady, we're done with the episode. We done did it. I'm sorry. I know you're upset. It's okay. We have to, we have to, I can, at some point. I know. This is probably already over long because I kept talking about Teen Wolf, which is a different movie. (laughs) But it was, it served its purpose because you were connecting the dots that though the powers that be who created Teen Witch did because they clearly connected some dots. And also, MTV, hire me to develop Teen Witch the series for you. I'll do it. It'll be exactly as good as. But Teen after Wolf the, the strikes. But after the strikes. After the strikes, I want to join WGA. I'm not scabbing. Um, no, we, we're we're not scabs here. Um, no. but what what do you have to plug or promote besides your resume to MTV? <laughs> oh, my empty screenwriting resume. Um, 
well, we have a podcast that we are going to start again someday soon, I promise, uh, <laughs> once my life is a little bit more in order. Uh -huh. uh, but that is called Movie Deja Vu. You can find it anywhere that you can find Life is But a Song. Um, and... and then, is there anything else I want to promote? I mean, are we, allowed, are we allowed Twitter? to call it? Are we allowed to call it Twitter these days? Uh, fuck or are we him. calling it's it X? Twitter. No, <laughs> we're calling it Twitter. Okay. Um, oh my god, it finally changed. It changed to the X on my phone, and I want to die. I know it did on mine too, and I was just like, okay, I guess it's happening now. Where's my friend why it's Twitter called... bird? I don't understand why it's called X, but whatever. It doesn't even make sense. Anyway, uh, you can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at Cookie O Shady. What kind of dessert are you today? Oh, 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 mm, oh, there's gotta be a magic one. Magic brownies. <laughs> yes. Um I thought I lost you there for a minute. Well you yeah, you you lost me to glee and laughing. <laughs> um and if you happen to know where we can find the stage version of this um, movie musical, you can email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com also on Facebook, Instagram, the app formerly known as Twitter and TikTok at buttersongpod. Um, I don't know what else to say. We got, uh, we got, we're, we're, both, we're both popular girls. Skip us on a giddy attic. Who would ever want to go and top that? I don't know how it goes. I'm so gonna be face. the most popular girl. And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, well, we're gonna be talking about Schmigadoon season two, Chicago. Um, Shady, thank you so much for coming on and doing your first second chance. Woohoo! This was very fun. I had a great time. I hope I added something to the conversation. Teen Wolf. Besides yeah. Teen Wolf. <laughs> oh, and it's also your perspective on the movie in which you did. So, yay! Let's do more of these. Happily. But thank you everyone for listening, and bye for now! Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork, and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.